Welcome back to the Alternate Shot Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. And I'm Dave. Dave is back this week after a week off. I'm back after a week on the road. And uh, we're finally back on our regularly scheduled program. Yeah, it's great. We're going to recap the farmers. We're going to complain about people yelling from the gallery. We'll preview the waste management. And in the spirit of the waste management, we're going to kick around a couple ideas that, you know, once a year uh, could be fun. Kind of a, a break from the monotony of the PGA Tour season. Works for me. Let's get into it. So Matt, the uh, the farmers was a uh, you know it was an event we looked forward to in that it was um, you know seemingly the first legit event, certainly the first legit golf course these guys have played. Torrey Pines being a um, a major championship venue, one that um, you know kind of added to the added to the hype as this was Tiger's really the first first legit back, uh, sorry, legit tournament back at a course that he's played you know really really well at in the past. Um, so the question mark really for me was. You know, would it live up to the hype? I think the way that the tournament ended, uh, the champion at Crown, I think all of it lived up to to the hype of it. But I think the first question I have for you is, you know, what were your thoughts on Tiger Woods? Tiger played well, uh, and it's clear you you read the pod agenda and got in front of my my lead in here, where I was going to say that the the Hall of Fame legend, you know, back out there in his hometown playing really well, and obviously we'd be talking about Phil. Uh, no, Tiger played well. He was solid. Um, <laughs> And, and he, was, he was kind of unspectacular in either direction. There wasn't a lot of variance to his game. He, I don't think he had any eagles. I also don't think he had any triples. He uh, just kind of looked like an average PGA pro out there. He had his moments where he, you know, reached greens in two and stuff. But he also, you know, missed a lot of fairways. And I think in a lot of respects, that's a positive. He looked like he belonged. It didn't look like he was there as a charity case. Um, he wasn't, you know yipping chips he wasn't topping fairway woods he wasn't you know losing balls left and right uh he didn't four putt a lot he, i mean or at all probably he he looked like he belonged which i think is a nice uh a nice boundary for him to be in right now he's he's just getting back into the kind of four rounds a week uh three weekends a month grind of this uh and he looked good and so you know i'm sure the 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 fanboys such as you will <laughs> project him to win three majors at this point i'm just you know i'm sitting here as someone who is is open about not loving tiger uh but objectively very uh encouraged for the season ahead of him based on what i saw to him he, he looked like he belonged things he can clean up issues off the tee for sure um but he he looks like he looks healthy and he looks like he can go out there and play for four straight days and that's uh that's all we can ask at this point yeah, I think a top 25 is a really good showing for him um, you know, early in the season. But I think, you know, for me, what really stood out was his short game, his putting, uh, the stuff that, you know, really, I think, made the difference um, in tough moments down the stretch for him in the past really uh, left him in his most recent return, right? Like, you know, Tiger's always been a good ball striker. <clears throat> like I said in the pod last week, he's always had a good command of the ball flight. Um, he's always been able to shape shots, hit different shots. That really wasn't um, other than his ability to say, you know, pain free with the driver off the tee, and but the, the the question mark was, could he come back with that that soft stuff? You know, the short game, the scoring plays. I think that is what uh, really impressed me the most. That's the hardest thing I think to come back from at a competitive level. He started to make some putts that reminded me of the old Tiger, and um, you know, I think if his indication of how he's going to play, you know, going forward, Torrey Pines is a great track to really prove it on because Torrey Pines, as we you know we said earlier. It's a U.S. Open venue. I think we saw in the playoff just how hard it is to keep the ball in play off the tee and how, how demanding it is of, of the players. I think for Tiger, who struggled with that, uh, that part of his game in recent, pa- in, in, in recent years, 
to, to, to keep it together for 72 holes, um, finish top 25, it's definitely a, um, you know, a check mark in, in the positive column for him here as we, uh, you know, we head into the early part of the 2018 season. So I hate to take the negative side of this, guys, because I know everybody loves Tiger, right? Oh, such a great showing. He finished 45th in his first, hole, in his first you know, tournament out. But, go, Dave, go. You know, we've talked about this, guys. <laughs> this, is, you know, this is a guy who's played golf since he was two years old, right? And everybody's all, you know, praising him because, oh, you know, he managed to find the fairway a couple times. He didn't hurt his back and yada, yada, yada. If you've, if you've played at that level for that long, how can you not expect this man to come out and do anything less than what he did? I, you know, I, I, I want more out of Tiger, guys. You know, I'm not going to praise him on this one. It's fair. I mean, honestly, like, you know, he's the greatest player maybe ever to, to have lived. Certainly the, the best contemporary player ever to, um, you know, in recent years to have played. And, Next to Jack Nicholas is you know alone in that category, but maybe I think, I'm too harsh. But well, no, I think I think you know, first of all, first of all, back injuries. Retief Goosen whooped his ass this week, uh, right? So I think let's put it Facts in pers- only. let's put it in perspective, right? But a top twenty-five on the PGA Tour is a top twenty-five on the PGA Tour. Um, it's it's tough to do, and I think the question marks around his game were were many, right? The you know could he come back? Could he compete mentally, physically? Was he able to um, have the stamina to keep for seventy-two holes? I mean, these were all question marks, and think that he. He answered this week. But 30 years of his life, I mean, just feel alone, just, just being part of the sport. He could go out there taking half swings, guys, and, and, and still compete. I mean, you know, I think we're giving him a little too much credit here. He's Tiger. How many majors do you think he's going to win this year, Mike? I think he's going to win one major. Jesus Christ. Okay, so, so, <laughs> so I'm with Dave. I'll, I'll middleman Dan this here. So he, he finished one stroke behind Cameron Smith and one stroke ahead of Corey Connors. So let's not put him on a plane to Paris just yet, um, and let's not throw a parade for him. And I don't think he'll win any majors. Having said that, uh, you know, this course felled a lot of people. We'll, we'll get into, you know, folks like Rory missed the cut. He, uh, Tiger finished ahead of John Rahm, right? He went out and did, I think, just about all that you could realistically ask someone who had not made a cut in like two and a half years to go do. And there's stuff he's got to work on. I think that, you know, people like you, and I look at you, Mike, and, and other kind of Tiger super fans around the world are going to have to start living in a reality that Phil, fan, Phil fans like me live in, which is it's not 10 years ago and it's not five years ago. And he's probably the 20th to 35th best player on tour, right? And he's going to spike and give you those moments. You know, we talked one time like, oh, it gives you hope. Like, yeah, like in so many words, like there's going to be an event where he's like, oh, shit, he's in the top 10, like appointment television on Sunday. But he's going to miss cuts and he's going to, you know, right. probably not play his way under the Ryder Cup. I mean, definitely not. And uh, I don't think he'll like win majors. He's, you know, there's just a second or third tier at this point. So I hear you, Dave. Like, you know, uh, was he phenomenal? No. Um, was he horrible? No, I thought he'd miss the cut. Uh, and he, he had to grind out to make the cut at all. But he made it. And he made the cut. And, you know, I, I guess it's good to see him back. The galleries are definitely into it. Yeah, again, you know, this is part, I mean, 80% of why I dislike Tiger is because they show every single shot when he's 15 shots back. There's a reason for that, and though, I hate, right? Well, but there isn't. Well, there is. I mean, people, people tune in in greater numbers when Tiger plays in events. The ratings for this tournament spiked big time because he was there. I mean, Tiger still puts asses in the seats, whether you like it or not. And, you know, it, when he's making cuts, it's better than when he's not. I think, I think the, the problem was that for so long, the idea of Tiger missing a cut, you know, was, was just not a reality. And then for the last, you know, four or five years, four years, 
three and a half years. It's been nothing but that. And the question was, would he ever come back? Could he ever come back? You know, I mean, there's been, you know, hours and hours of, of segments of people talking about this on the golf channel saying, you know, uh, the back injuries are, 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 are different. You can't recover. It's something with the golf swing. You can't, you know, he had fusion surgery. So that's somehow that's going to limit his ability to, um, you know, hit the ball where he used to. And as a result, it's going to put stress on other parts of his game, blah, blah, blah. Like, I thought his performance in this event at the length they played it against the field, they played it a top 25 is a, is a pretty solid showing something he can build on. And for me, that is, uh, that is encouraging. Is that a comeback though? Would you say he had his comeback this week? No, I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win to make a comeback for sure. Okay. But in, there's no doubt, Dave, like he's, he's incredibly talented. He is, you know, he's not some, some journeyman who, uh, you know, came out of the blue and, and had a great, great weekend. And that's top 25 for him. It's Tiger Woods, right? So the, ex- the expectation is, is winning. However, given what's happened to the guy and given what he's gone through, this is a really good start. He's building on some success. I think it's a little early to say he's back, right? He's only been a couple of events he's played in. And so we'll see but he says he's healthy he says he's feeling good his he's happy with his golf game um he's got things he's going to work on and improve on i don't know it's not out of the realm of possibility to see this guy win so i agree with that um and and i think it's totally fine that we talk about him in that way um and i was i was just sort of noodling over the idea of you know he tied jj spawn this year who exactly um, <laughs> but JJ Spawn is actually like a, a totally decent like his his world golf ranking is in the it's like not that bad. Okay, oh, so he's actually one seventeen. He's got a, he's sixteenth in FedEx Cup right now, so he's a bad example. But I think there are there's this this band of players who are fine, right? They're totally fine, and they're they might win once, but they probably won't. And I guess I want to live in a world where Tiger is given only 4x the coverage of someone who is totally fine and might win once but probably won't. It's just not the world we right. live in. Uh, but for this week, you know, the, the, the Tiger diehards have, have been waiting a long time to see this guy go out and play four rounds, so I, I totally get it. And he puts asses in the seats, and that's fine. So do the Yankees, so do the Lakers. When they're terrible, they shouldn't be leading sports center. I just, right? I don't so want to remember how I Tiger that, that way. Do you want to remember Tiger as mediocre at best? Or do you, like Muhammad Ali getting into the ring when he was over the hill and just getting warped. You know what I mean? Do you want Tiger to be that? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm biased. Well, that was sort of how it felt, you know, when he made that sort of half-assed recovery, right? And he dropped out of a bunch of events and was missing cuts, and it was sad. He was chunking. Chip, he was right. just not the guy that, that we remember seeing. To me, this was a different player this week. And so, to me, that gives me hope. And I think, I think uh, if he can build on this, and this is not just a one-off, uh, one-off event, I think the trajectory he's on is an encouraging one. So I'm looking forward to the next event he plays in because the more events he plays in, the better understanding we're going to have of how legit this, call it a comeback, whatever you want, is. And then, to your point, Dave, Will he actually reach the level that he was before? And that's the big question, no. Matt. Like, well, right? No. Will he, like Phil, succumb to the fact that he's, you know, he's what he's forty something years old now? 40, yeah. Yeah. So it's it, like Tom Brady, right? The question is, will he ever get old? And Tom seems until Tom starts, you know, losing playoff games. But you better believe, as soon as that starts to happen, people are going to be saying, "I told you all along. See, he's not invincible." People were saying that about Tiger for a long time. I'm just looking forward to Tiger, healthy Tiger, getting a chance to um, you know make a counterpoint. That's yeah, all. and 
if 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 Tom Brady missed two years and basically four of the last five years, right? And then he came back and he went sixteen for twenty five for one hundred eighty yards, no TDs, no picks. I don't think anyone would be like, give him the MVP. But I think people would be like, yeah, like he went and played and good to see him play, right? Right? right. right? And and I I I'm, I agree with you. Um, you know, welcome welcome to my world of like, oh, like Tiger, you know, didn't uh, didn't throw up on himself this morning like it means he's back like he's you know the odds at him at augusta like he's the favorite now like it's all bullshit it's all annoying but like to actually if the purpose of the pga tour is to like entertain and you know get galleries there and raise money for charity and blah blah blah, like you know tiger participating is a is a good thing um but there's no question he sort of entered this very much twilight of his career mode, I think, where you saw, I don't know, like Derek Jeter, right? Like, you know, that was just a bad player for three or four years, but it was like, well, it's Jeter. And like, isn't it great? So like, I, I get, I get both sides of this argument. I did not for once hate seeing Tiger out there. One thing I did hate, you look like you're going to say something, but I'm going to move I was on. Just, I, was, I was looking up the odds for Tiger to win a major this year. So <laughs> you want to talk about the hype machine? So this is from two weeks ago. He was five to one to win a major this year. Like, like, <laughs> what other? Who's he tied with? Like, who's he ahead of? Um, What's Justin Rose? So he's so Rory and Jordan are three to two. Dustin Johnson's eight to five. Hideki's three to one. Ricky Fowler's ten to three. Jason Day John Rahm's four to one. Right. So. So what's Justin Rose? Uh, let me pull it up here. But it just show, yeah, it just shows you that. Uh, I mean, Justin Rose, who's one of the 10 best players in the world, who's won a major, who is <laughs> getting second in the race to Dubai, yeah. who's healthy, who's as consistent as they come. To win a major. Here we go. I got the list here. Nice. Six to one. So Tiger's got better odds than Justin Rose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and was two weeks ago. So let's see what's what, what, I bet they're shorter now? now. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, Okay, so well, let me rip through a couple of players who did well, and then we'll talk about a couple of things during the tournament that bothered me. Okay, go for um, it. Bo Hostler, I've, I've made no bones about the fact that I love Bo Hostler. He's the high schooler who was winning the U.S. Open at one point at Olympic on Friday. Um, he's going to be a good player. He's going to matter. Uh, he was 600 through f- his first seven holes, and he was 800 teeing off on Sunday. He absolutely imploded. He shot a 79 on Sunday. Uh, young guy, learning experience. Uh, hopefully, he he takes something from this. But I think the the version of Bo that we saw the first three days is a version that a lot of people will get to see. I think he'll have like a burger esque kind of mm-hmm. rise where it's like, yeah, no, good college player, and he's getting his sea legs now on the tour. Uh, anyway, we love you, Bo Hostler. Keep your head up, man. Um, Brian Harmon was really bad. He was seven over. He was second from last. Uh, got cut, obviously. He's your weekly reminder that golf is hard. Brian Harmon's had a great year. Brian Harmon's going to make the Ryder Cup team probably. Brian Harmon basically was a top five machine until this week. And then he was second from DFL. DFL is Smiley. We've burned a lot of calories on this pod talking about Smiley. Uh, Let's not burn any more, honestly. Smiley was plus 12. Smiley was DFL. Not even close. When we we get mad at Smiley, it's because he has too much talent for this sort of bullshit. He shot an 80. I think he's been cut in six of his last seven tournaments. And the one that didn't get cut in, he came in like 70th. Just the whole thing is... It's frustrating to watch Smiley Kaufman suck at golf. I don't care who he's friends with. I don't judge him for that. <laughs> I judge him for having all the talent in the world right. to win a PGA Tour event, be in the final group of the Masters two years ago, and now the guy like cannot make a cut. He's going to lose his fucking tour card. And yeah. I hope I hope he 
I hope this is the last time we rag on Smiley Coffin because I hope he does better. Um, we we like him. I think deep down we like him. We want him to matter and play well and make cuts. I hope he goes to bed and he thinks like, wow, I got to step it up. I got to do something different because uh, this isn't working. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at a golf course like Torrey Pines and it's a U.S. Open venue and I think it exposes the weaknesses in your game. And for, for a guy like Smiley Coffin, who we've accused of maybe lacking a bit of the focus that his pals have or, or you know, commitment to a regimen and, you know, having those fallback shots and the discipline to be able to reset when things go wrong, uh, the, the, the more pressure and the more uh, challenging the venue, the harder it's going to get. And over 72 holes or, or 36 holes, you know, if you don't make the cut, it, it adds up. And I think if he can, I don't know, stop relying so much on his natural talent, you know, because every once in a while he'll go out there and he'll shoot some ridiculous number. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah. That guy can really play. I think he feels that way. He goes out and he practices and he hits the ball great and he shoots these great scores in practice rounds and you know he, he has great scores in competition. But it's stringing it together over time. And I think the difference between guys that can do that week in and week out and a guy like Smiley is those guys have a little bit more discipline, right? They have a little bit more of a commitment to the regimen and a little less reliance on their natural talent. That's the difference between a good player and a great player. And I think you know if, if Smiley can get a handle on that, he can be a great player. I mean, he, he has every shot in the bag. So. He, he is a great player, Mark. And to your point, I agree. I'm, I'm a smiley guy. All right? You are a smiley I, I've guy. I've been brought up on charges of you know, being part of smart, Smiley's army. But uh, you know, how often do players go off the rails d- during, their, during their 18, right? And, and how many actually have the ability to turn that around? And that's, that might even be more than just you know, changing your regiment or, or you know, changing your focus. It's, just, it's a mentality. It's, it's living it. It's being able to, to change on the fly put your bad shots behind you and you're only as good as your next shot. So right. Smiley's army is, uh, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're hurting today and, and this week, but, uh, you know, I think there are th- good things to come and I think everybody would agree, but he's got to get back on track. Right. For sure. I mean, seven of his last 19 rounds are 75 or higher. Yeah. It's not good. And he, I don't know. We, we, we love Seamus. Seamus was picked out of a hat because he has a cool name. I mean, like Seamus powers, I think unequivocally a better golfer than Smiley Coffin right now. Yeah. And that's not something I that's thought sad. I'd ever say and something I hope changes. Um, other people who missed the cut. Uh, Seamus did. Ricky did. Xander, Johnny Vegas all got cut. Uh, people who played well. Keegan came in fifth. Keegan got pissed. He picked him DFL and he came in fifth place. Uh, looked like the old Keegan. Tony Finau, Mark Leishman, T6, Hideki, and uh, the man with longer odds to win a major this year than Tiger, Justin Rose, uh, T12. Uh, Reed and Tiger, T23, Rom, 29th. Uh, we mentioned the goose, Retief Goosen, two-time U.S. Open champion, T12. Uh, he's going to the Hall of Fame, apparently, because he's won twice. Which is insane. Which is dumb. It's such an unfair thing to arbitrarily place uh, qualifying numbers to get you into the Hall of Fame. I think, personally, uh, the way that you should get in the Hall of Fame is, is, a, is a, you know, a collective view of your, or a sort of an aggregate view of your career, your contributions to the game, and your accomplishments. So the idea that you can just win X number of events or X number of majors or a combination of the two, uh, and that's it, I think is a little bit... Um, what is the qualification? Is there like a, like a parameter? Two to majors. Or is that what it is? Two majors and or 15 wins. Yeah. And it's not even majors. It's like two of any of the majors or the players. It's bad. Like Siwoo Kim won the players last year, right? Siwoo Kim, not wins. exactly a household name, but right. yeah, okay, shaking yeah. that He's a young ass. guy. Yep. He's, but yeah. like he goes and and he just does nothing ever again, and then he wins the players again when he's thirty six years old. Hall of Fame player. So he's on a twenty year exemption because he won the event before. 
and he goes to the Hall of Fucking Fame. Yeah. It's it's just a little bit... Retief Goosen's not a Hall of Famer. So he's not worthy. You're saying him Well, it seems like the decision was made by committee, where like a bunch of the guys they consulted had different... like. Yeah, they had different, they had different uh, accomplishments in their career, and they were all like, "Well, I should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, this guy's in the Hall of Fame, and look at the, look at what he did, right? It's too, it's, it's, they're getting one too granular with it. Like, you know, it's got to be some numbers based thing. I think it's got to be a little bit more of a heart thing. You got to feel, and that's that's what I love about the other sports. There's no known qualifications, right? It's just kind of like. What's the committee gonna do? Like, well, the, what's the, the media what's the, votes and right? I mean, it's yeah, but it's okay. So, like in baseball, the baseball writers, though. yeah, but baseball writers, for example, it's so there's such a huge amount of them, and there's so many reasons why they would or wouldn't. It ends up being this kind of cloudy thing where, I mean, you put it on a piece of paper. Here's the qualifying numbers. You might as well make it a you know making a Ryder Cup team or something like that. I mean, the captains' picks have more uncertainty about them than Hall of Fame choices, and to me, I think that's just not right. Uh, yeah, Goosen, guys. I I tell you, I'll tell you. I've I've heard that name probably three times in the last like ten years. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> he know. was nasty. I mean, Hall of Fames are like inherently dumb, right? Like Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame, and like it's the stupidest thing ever. Cheater. And He's a cheater. Uh, he was in the Hall of Fame when he was 28, my man. He had three MVPs in a second when he was 27 years whoa, old. Whoa. So like, if he so tell it to Pete Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Tell it to Pete. Shout out to Pete Rose. Pete, man. Friend of the pod, Pete Rose. <laughs> Friend of the pod. Um, uh, so we talked about... Uh, we talked he about, may come on this, actually. Let's get him. He's looking for outlets. I'll text He's him. for hire, right? Uh, yeah. Return of Jason Day is a bullet point on our agenda. Um, for all the talk about Tiger Woods, Jason Day's back. Jason Day had a shitty year. Jason Day was hurt. Jason Day's uh, mother was ill. Yeah. Jason Day had some, some family issues. Um, his... his his wife lost a baby. He just like it was just a, a bad, just a bad like year for Jason Day. But he's always been a great citizen of of the tour. He's a very likable guy. He's a marketable guy. He's in that kind of in that Nike crew. Uh, you know, he lives in Ohio. He's got this like great kind of rough upbringing. Um, just a cool dude. One of the best fairies ever. You know, he's talking about like you know coming to America yeah. and adjusting, and he almost quit, and then he didn't, and and just like super likable guy with all the game in the world. He was a former world number one. He's a major champion. Um, and he won. And it's yeah. just great to see him back. So the, the setup of him winning is they three-hole playoff between him, Ryan Palmer, and Alex Noren. Um, Ryan Palmer quietly having a, a nice little year. And Alex Noren, a guy who uh, kind of in that Tommy Fleetwood camp of, you know, I'm a top 20 player in the official world golf rankings, but I play all the time in Europe, so no one ever sees me. Um, he can play. He's going to be in Paris. Um, he's going to take points off America in October. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great player. Uh, took Jason Day to six holes in the in the playoff. Five wasn't enough on Sunday. They had to play the sixth hole on Monday. We'll talk about potential changes to the playoff structure at the back of the pod because, um, yeah. like, this sucked. Like, it was the, the final, the sixth playoff hole was played on Monday and fans couldn't get in and... It was at 8 a.m. local time, and so they like played real quick, and then you know it was over after eight minutes. They played one hole, then they all had to fly, and now they're all late to the waste management. Just the whole thing is just kind of dumb. Um, but Jason Day, it's it's great to see him mm-hmm. back. Great to see him playing well. There there are a few people. He's in that club of people of if everyone is healthy and plays their best, who's the best player? Right. Like he's in that conversation. We say this a lot, but it's like 
like it's a group that I don't even think includes Ricky Fowler. It's like Dustin Johnson, mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, and and Matsuyama probably. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I mean, Jason is a uh, a complete player, right? He has every shot. He has the ability to compete at a high level. He's proven that time and time again. To your point, he has. Uh, he's he's. It's an incredible story. Uh, he has, as you mentioned, uh, an incredible rags to riches story i mean the chances of a guy like him actually ending up on the tour the way the modern tour player actually gets there hearing that story and having seen the success he's had uh is incredible and then you couple that with what he's had to go through on a personal level with a family level in recent years it's just it's just an incredible story so to see him have the success he's having i don't know how you can't root for the guy i mean i was rooting for the guy um the whole time and i think it's great to see him play. That being said, he's playing some great golf. Um, it's good to see him hit the ball the way he used to hit it. I mean, he struggled a bit last year, and uh, as you mentioned, and you know, again, playoffs. Sometimes that stuff comes out, right? You know, the, the, the hesitation. Maybe you make a bad swing; it's all over because of sudden death. But to go six holes in the dark and then win it, finish it out uh, with a birdie. Um, you know, to your point, you know, didn't have to make birdie, but he made birdie. Uh, was awesome to see. So it's good. It's encouraging. Hopefully, he continues his play. If he does, he's a lock um, for you know top top five picks for the Masters coming up. So who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, just as a just as a fan personally, it was just awesome to see. Totally agree. Um, okay, before we move on to the waste management, a uh, couple things that happened this week that I hate: uh, the gallery. The gallery needs to shut the fuck up. I people yelling like throw some shrimp on the barbie after Jason Day hits and yelling like activate the glutes after Tiger hits and like that stuff I guess is kind of all well and good. Like spectators paid their money, they're drinking, fine, right? As long as it's not getting in the in the way of people playing. Um I think Tiger overreacted. I think as he's known to do i think even you would admit that like oh and he like let go of the club because he's a weird lie and blah blah blah. (laughs) like oh my bone popped out a bit for a guy we we played the ad last week like i'm earl and i used to like you know throw a stick of dynamite at tiger during his during his downswing and like he wouldn't flinch at all and then he just like nuked this ball when he was 14 you know he, he acted like he heard a bomb go off like when that idiot from the gallery yelled like get in the hole while he's still putting I I I know that we kind of walk this line of of you know respect the game and be the shooter McGavins, but also like help grow the game and make some allowances for fun and for for flair and for Ricky to wear the way dress the way that he wants to dress and for more events like the waste management to kind of allow like a you know frat party atmosphere when it's appropriate, right? I having said all that, when someone is swinging and they're hitting and they expect quiet, they deserve quiet yeah and i it's just like i roll my eyes when people yell when the ball's mid-flight like the baba booey thing i just i, I, like I just it. i think it's dumb i think none of the stuff is ever clever i just i don't like it it's kind of funny i mean if richard Pryor's out there like dropping great jokes you know while balls I mean, in the air i'd be on, fine with it insane. but like yelling during actual play infuriates me but and tiger I just, made a big deal out of that like i mean yeah, he he's did. supposed he, to be the zen laser focused guy and, and and he's gonna make a big deal about somebody talking in his backswing come on, i know guys, and i'm like the biggest know? tiger homer they played the commercial last pod like i i specifically called out it's like my favorite commercial ever and it does talk about how you know 
because that was Tiger's angle, right? Like you know, you might you might uh, you might beat him one day, but given enough holes, he'll, he'll wear you down. Well, no, got, no one will ever be more yeah, mentally tough. He's than so you are. mentally tough, like nothing, you know, unless someone cheering for you yells on a four foot putt. <laughs> yeah, in and which think, case yeah. you miss the putt by a foot. Well, and yeah, I mean, you, you know, the other thing too is uh, <laughs> how much of that was legit. You know, I mean, if if we all know if we've all played and you know, bird chirps or you know somebody jingles the t's in their pocket or something happens and that's a convenient excuse right but if that happens like a millisecond before impact how much of that really really matters have you, you been know? rattled before on a jingle of a pocket mike that's that's not a, that's not good man. i'm just saying <laughs> i'm just saying that potentially uh you know it, it makes for an excuse that being said no one wants to i remember in the playoff like jason day asked a couple of guys to move because their shadows were in the way as a golfer, you want to have to minimize the distractions. If it happens during the swing, though, I think it's legit. Like the like we, we talked about, the Dustin Johnson camera going off in the backswing, and he stops, right? We've seen Tiger stop downswings before. Um, but yeah, if, if, you're, if you're in the crowd and you're trying to get attention, right? You're trying to get on TV, which I think is what's happening. It's exactly what's happening. And, and that's, the, that's, the, that's the problem. People doing it for attention. Now, all of a sudden, you have like this incentive model where people are saying, oh, well, if I say the most ridiculous shit possible... You know, it'll get it'll get tweeted. It'll start trending, right? It's bro culture, Mike. <laughs> bro culture of golf. It's taken the sport over. I know. It's it's something that the tour's got to got to deal with. Uh, do you think they threw that guy out? It's like a bunch of guys who pre-gamed at a Midas before the Masters last year. That's with uh, a certain smiley, and then <laughs> you know marched in and and yeah, yeah like I, look, you can't you can't control for everything, right? Um, at Augusta, for instance, like no one runs. Like you put your chair down, you just walk around. Like no, no one will take your seat. Simple no one will life. run, and it's just yeah. It's like that's the expectation there. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk about the waste management, where the expectation is a little different. It's right. loud. It's rowdy. Like it's a frat party. There's a line around the block. Like it's a different environment. But I think there's there's no way to like root it all out. Yeah. But but I just I, I don't I don't know who goes to an event like to yell. Yeah, and the criticism is, of course, like, well, you know, every other sport people can yell and blow. but like that wasn't that's not the expectation. That's not the status quo. Like nobody brings a whistle to an NBA game and blows it right to kill the play, right? Like it's not something that you would do um, outside the norm. The norm at a PGA Tour event is you give the guy a chance to make the shot, and then you can go wild afterward if you want to. If you want to yell after, you want to yell some ridiculous mashed potatoes, Baba Booey. And, and whatever I, I kind of thought the activate the glutes was pretty funny but um it doesn't affect the the, the play you're getting a simple in, man getting in guys heads intentionally to, to to get on you know to get on you know tv is something that i think is bad for the game and it's just an obnoxious thing so I don't know, maybe they threw the guy out maybe they didn't but i hope it's not a trend that continues because if it's happening in guys swings or if people are doing it to hurt their their favorite their uh, you know the guy who's who's contending against their favorite player. Uh, it's just it's just not a good look for the tour. I mean, shooters making putts with that dude with the nail on his head, right? With the <laughs> guns don't kill people, I kill people T-shirt. <laughs> when are we going to get a guy? Your shanties. We're going to get a guy that's going to that's going to play to the crowd like a Gilmore, like he can't even swing unless he's got some noise in the background. I think. Well, like the 16th I mean, at the waste management. I mean, some players get into it, like yeah. Ricky and JT. They're kind of known to like yeah, wave up the, the crowd, crowd. like it, and I get that, and that stuff's cool. I. Yeah, I'm kind of in in two minds on this. Where and I think we're exhausting this topic, but like, if if college kickers were like 20 years old whoa, and their their houses, yeah, the college whoa. kicker line, I knew it was coming. Well, you know that kid from Alabama misses that kick, right? 
And I bet like his house burned down before he got home. <laughs> right. And like we expect that kid to live with that. But like, God forbid a human be one lone human being speak while Tiger Woods kind of dareth, dareth yeah. putt. Like, you know, <laughs> throw him the fuck out. And like, yeah. you know, it's just like ban that man. Yeah, I don't know the Boo this man. Boo this yeah, man. I don't know. I know it's it 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 doesn't really help the pretentious look of the tour. Like you know, one guy yells. It's just, yeah, compared to everything else, the athletes have to deal with. There was one one event of like people being so someone shooting free throw at at North Carolina. The the home crowd is just deathly silent, and you just hear one guy who's a fan of like Belmont or something starts just starts singing "Wrecking Ball." <laughs> By himself, <laughs> just one man in a fifteen thousand seat arena. See, I love that. And the stuff. guy bricks the free throw, and yeah. just like the arena started laughing. That's sports. It that's, was great. The sports. Yeah, golf's no different. All right, other thing I hated. Um, JB Holmes took four minutes and ten shots to hit his approach shot on the seventy-second hole. He was two shots back. He needed to eagle. His options were try and uh, reach the green into the green, uh, protected by a pond in the front. The pin just slammed up at the front. Uh, pretty wicked crosswind. It was pretty obvious he wasn't going to be able to reach the green into, but he thought about it, and then he thought about it some more, and then he thought about it some more, and he thought about it so long that you could like hear the gallery getting on him. Dottie, yeah. Dot, you know, Saint Dottie Pepper was like, the gallery's really getting on him. Like yeah. he needs to make a decision. Um, ended up laying up, and he like his last patron sucked, saint of the like, pod, went, Dottie Pepper. Yeah, it's just like the whole thing. So like on the one hand, after the <laughs> round, he was like, look, I. Um, he was that like, look, shirt, he's like, I'm trying way. to. I love Dottie. That could um, be a shirt. Patron Saint of the Pod. Space dilly dilly, Dottie Dottie. Saint, Saint Pepper. Saint Pepper. Um, Guardian of the Pod. <laughs> I get that you're trying to win. I get that you're trying to win. Um, but Alex Noren is also trying to win. And he's standing there waiting for you to play. Yeah. For like literally five minutes. And uh, it, it, it's not, it just didn't feel very gentlemanly to take as long as he did. Um, and I would feel differently if after the round he said, you know, um, not often you're in this position, 72nd fairway, you know, you can go for it in two and force a playoff against former world number one, Jason day. And, you know, you can win a tournament and you win this tournament, you get $1.2 million and you're tour exempt for three years. Blah, blah, blah. Like, and so I took my time and I apologize that it took longer than normal, but it was a unique circumstance. And I apologize by the way, to my playing partner, Alex Noren, uh, for making him wait. And he understood. Right, he just kind of had this attitude, like, well, fuck you. I, I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to win. So, like, you know, got to do what I got to do. And, and just, he got ripped by other players on Twitter for this. And so some others defended him as well. Um, I think the, the kind of the, the tractors on, on Twitter in these circumstances get a lot more attention than those who didn't. Well, but, like, you know, Luke Donald's like, J.B. Holmes is a slow-ass player. And Daniel Berger, like, we're not all slow players. Only three or four of us are slow players. But everyone who has to play behind a slow player or with a slow player then has to play to that person's speed. I cannot hit through anybody on the tour. So when a round takes six hours and everyone's like, yeah, it's actually J.B. Holmes' fault, J.B. Holmes has an apology to make. And I haven't heard it. Mm -hmm. And it was annoying. And there was, when we talk about like growing the game, um, a lot of people tuned in to watch the Grammys red carpet. I don't know why you do that, but a lot of people did. And they didn't get to do that. And they got to watch J.B. Holmes stand there with his hands in his pocket, thinking about what he's going to do with his caddy, like nibbling on his pencil, debating what to do and it just like it sucked like it was just it was not a good presentation of professional golf and um i don't know if they're gonna find him i don't know what the deal is gonna be uh Nabilo crucified him on golf channel uh, this no one defended him that i saw yeah. on the set anyway it was just bad and like jb holmes um 
you know, g- good player, um, good seemingly a good guy, not a good display from him. I would like to see a little bit of contrition out of JB Holmes. Can we address the glove? Uh, you know, I mean, you're talking about the Grammys <laughs> fashion statement weekend. No, there's no glove, no love. I the understand. Tribute to MJ. Yeah, but he's got. A, he looks like a billiards player out there. Guys. <laughs> you know, he, I just uh, <laughs> that for watching that for four minutes. You know, and again, I, I, I that was one of the f- only four minutes I caught in, in, at the end of that round. But. So it's a rain glove. So <laughs> it's terrible. So JV Holmes likes to play with a rain glove, and I've never seen a white rain glove. I think presumably because they get pretty gross in the rain but uh it's so you don't put the wrong one on when you look in your bag no it's like it's actually like it actually works because with this with this narrative here that he's like the villain because the black glove is like indicative oj he's like you know he's caddyshack what was it uh denunzio he had a black glove (laughs) and it's just you (laughs) you just wanted to miss it miss it yeah miss it right it's actually quite fitting it's a it's a weird look i'm not a fan but uh I, uh, you know, so much about the about the scenario just just pisses me off because, you know, to your point, Matt, like this guy's a pro. I mean, you don't just they don't just airdrop you into these events. He's played in a million of these things since he was a kid and at every level of the game, you know, the fucking deal, you know, the, the, the proper behavior. He's pulling three wood. He's pulling iron. He's pulling hybrid like and then he ends up laying up four and a half minutes after the fact. To me, it, it said a whole lot about the type of player that he is. Um, to not be self-aware enough to understand what's going on with your competitors. If it's, it's one thing if it's the Spieth situation at the British Open where you have to you know, move a bunch of players. And obviously, Kuchar was sitting in the fairway. People were talking about that on Twitter. But yeah, but Spieth like, it, immediate, like, exactly. immediately apologized. Right. Like, hit the ball he wasn't doing by that. the green. Right. Went and found Cooch and was like, yeah. "I'm sorry." And Cooch is like, right. "You're good. Don't worry about this, it." This, and that, seemed, by the way, was a fucking major. Yeah, like this was, seemed a little gamesmanship e, right? It seemed a little bit like eh, maybe if I make them think about because to your point, Matt, it was not an easy shot. It's like the ultimate risk reward, right? You go for it, but you you better hit the hit the number. Like Day's shot was so incredible because it. <laughs> It had to carry there. There's a landing area in front of the flag stick that's like, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten yards wide. But if you hit it short, it'll hit dead into the bank, kill all the momentum and roll back into the water. Yeah, it's, that's what it's happened a, to Norrin in the playoffs. It's a yeah, brutal it's a, it's a brutal shot. And I think making people think about that a little bit longer is I, I don't know. The, to me, that's a little bit outside the realm of, of uh, fair. And uh, certainly J.B. Holmes has been paying for it, uh, at least in the, uh, the Twitter sphere. And it's like taking a, you know, I, I hate we all have we all have females that are, we're, we're all involved with women, but this is like taking a girl home from a bar, guys. You know, if you can't close the deal, or, yeah, where's she? Know you're going to, you know, she's not listening. If you can't close the deal at the bar within that 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 little window that you know you need to, you end up hitting wedges. You're not gonna do up. it. You're gonna have to lay up that night. You're not you're not <laughs> taking it all the way. If if you can't know that in the beginning, then then you're just not gonna do it. You know, and if I you show up at the bar with a black glove, though, you're already starting from behind. It's I, I would totally agree, and I'm it's glad Holmes. we addressed that. I, I, I think the black glove... They used to be called peacocking when we were, when we were kids. <laughs> what? Don't act like you didn't read that Moving book. on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Jason Day 1 on Monday morning. Empty course. Uh, no fans because they wouldn't arrange uh, for crowd security. Uh, this is a dumb finish. We'll talk about this later, how to fix playoffs. But, um, yeah, he, he uh, on the sixth playoff hole on Monday morning... Uh, Alex Norn went in the water. Jason Day got the layup. Birdie. Uh, we're done. Norn picks up. Excuse me. Jason Day picks up 
million dollars for himself. Um, grades. I'm giving myself a C minus. I picked Johnson Wagner to DFL. He got cut. Um, I picked Ricky to win. Ricky also got cut. So pretty unspectacular performance out of me. You also get a C minus. You picked Hideki to win. He T12. That's pretty good. You picked Keegan to DFL. He came in fifth. That's not so good. So we tie for the week. It's good and bad, though. I was happy to see Keegan play well. Um, Ditto. You know, another guy like, you know, we've talked about with the Smiley situation, like a guy that has so much talent. It's like, why? It doesn't make sense that he had struggled the way he did. So it's cool to see him play well. Yep. One other note, uh, internationally, uh, Rory played well, uh, kind of your weekly tournament in Dubai, which I guess is like the Miami of like Europe in the middle of January, right? So... <laughs> I guess Europe? it makes I guess it makes sense that well you know what I mean like it, it makes sense that I was like why are there so many tournaments in Dubai, right? And I'm sure they're all just in the United Arab Emirate. I think mic. they yeah but I think they sweeten the deal for these guys. They they have pretty significant appearance fees and I'm sure I haven't been to Dubai but I have friends who have and apparently it's a lot of fun and I'm sure that uh, the Dubai tourism board is a lot to gain by putting its golf situation on the map. Actually, there's a picture that they tweeted from the tournament about the before and after. I think it was like 10 or 15 years prior to the, you know, the event this week. It is unbelievable the amount of infrastructure that they've built in that short period of time and how much of it's around golf. Like, it's insane. There's so, like a global crane shortage because they're all in It's Dubai. unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, Stuff's crazy. But you're right. I think, I think we talked about it last week. Like the whole, the whole like preseason is soaked up by these international events. So like Southeast Asia... Um, the the Middle East, right, are, are huge draws for these players who are saying, you know, look, I mean, I could play in the Sony or I could go take this fat check, whether I win or lose, and jump on a PJ and uh, hang out in Dubai for a couple of weeks. It's not the worst. Not the worst option. It's not the worst option. So Rory played well. Good to see him. Um, just talking of you know Tiger and Day and guys who are back and look healthy. Rory. Looks healthy, hitting bombs. He's a Hulk, man. He's has a couple. Bombs. He's got a couple t th- or top threes the last couple weeks. Um, he will tee it up next week at Pebble, and excited to see how things yeah. go for him. Fighting injuries. It's. Uh, I mean, that was a weird question mark. His whole like heart situation and the. He's got no heart. Well, that's, he's notorious. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's notoriously secret about you know the actual details of it. So you never really know what's going on, but. Yeah, I mean, a healthy Rory is a force we reckon with. So I almost wrapped 21 Savage to, for Rory, and it didn't come. <laughs> he's, all, he's all chest, no heart. Yeah. <laughs> Rory, why are you trapping so hard? All right, waste management preview. Uh, Stump Mike, the best part of the show. This is going to be hard because we already recorded this pod <laughs> once, and Mike <laughs> fucked it up. So I already asked him this question. Uh, I'll make you look I'll at it. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with my original answer. Okay. Because uh, I actually had no the, idea. The, the I had no idea. 16th hole at the waste management. Um, a lot of fun. Par three. Stadium situation. Caddy's racing in the green. Whole thing. Not a lot of hole in ones. Uh, Tiger got one way back before they even built up the stands. Mm-hmm. A robot named Eldrick. Just lazy, lazy scientists with that name. Did it in 2016 and demoralized humans everywhere. We'll call it Eldrick. Yep. Uh, who's the last human? To get a hole in one, it happened in 2015. I'm gonna say Ricky Fowler, my original answer. So it's a good guess, and he's come close, and he's a a star of the 16th hole. But it is Francesco Molinari. He did it. I could have sworn that was right. I had a flashback to what I thought was a hole in one. You're right. He came 
so close and the crowd went nuts but it, yeah know, it did not go dropped in. a dart um yep the a little bonus because the super bowl week we'll get into the spirit the pats and eagles last played in the super bowl in 2005 the waste management open was called the fbr open that year um actually i can't stump you because i already asked you this the winner of that tournament is hall of famer phil mickelson which is gonna drop in we did a tiger segment i know i said now. in my original answer duval which i thought was a good guess but yep and Tom Lehman, Dave's favorite player, won this event in 2000. Tommy. Love Tom, you, Tom. Tom is from Minnesota. Big week for Tom. Where the Super Bowl is. Oh, he's from Minnesota, eh? He's from ah, Minnesota, yeah. Bit of a Super Bowl tie Yeah, he's going to be driving Uber, Uber there. I think... You know, dropping Eagle fans off in the, that's in right. the wilderness. You're going to the Super Bowl, aren't you, man? I am. If I see Tom, I'll let you know, and, and I'll get a picture. You got to get a picture. You got to get a picture. You try, at least. I think the Tom Lehman fathead in the crowd would be a good... Would be a, a pleaser. <laughs> I'm just a Tom Lehman guy. Anything, anything you get from like if the Super Bowl was CBS and it was Nance and uh, and Romo, you, they definitely would zoom in on that. Nance would call him out, and the he guy, the guy like, in the truck would be uh, like, "Jim, we love you, but, Minnesota but we're native, not, we're not doing Tom, it." Uh, <laughs> yeah, Minnesota native Tom Lehman joining us for the Super Bowl. Then they'll cut to him actually in the box. I could see that. Make that cut out. I don't think Tom will, unless Tom is like looking for a balloon gets let go during uh justin timberlake's halftime show and he like is looking for where it went he's not gonna be looking at, at my seats there's from. a great mic'd up from i don't know years back 98 like pga or something like that and they they might they had maybe not a mic they have one of those mics near him and he's ripped like a i don't know, like a five iron and, and he fucking pull hooks it right into the one and there's a great he's like what are you doing tom yeah like he won't swear he just he's just it's kind of like Kucher in that way, but it was like, I don't know, it's just, there's a nostalgia to Tom Lehman that just brings you back to the glory. A nostalgia well, for, the, for the females in his high school. That's family. right. <laughs> that's well, what I mean, he's Minnesota nice. Slayer. They, you know, you're either Minnesota nice legend. because everyone's super nice to you, or Minnesota nice can mean that they're nice to your face and they talk shit about when you, you when you leave. People that don't realize that. Be determined. That <laughs> anyway. Um, Tom Lehman, eh? Tom <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't agree with your police work there, Bob. Uh, all right, TBC Scottsdale, <laughs> par 71, 7,261, very precisely measured yards. Your two-time defending champ is Hideki Matsuyama. He beat Webb Simpson in a playoff last year. He beat Ricky Fowler in a playoff the year before that. That was, as you will all recall, the year that Ricky drove it through the green on the par 4 17th into the water behind the green to make the playoff happen. It was a tough loss. He got all emotional. Like His grandfather was there who'd never seen him win. Um, and the year before that, Hideki came in second. Uh, so this is a, a track that, that he does quite well at. Five of the top seven players in the world are in the field this week. John Rahm, local boy ASU, Spieth, JT, as mentioned, Hideki and Ricky. Also there, uh, Daniel Berger, Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, Charlie Hoffman. Speaking of stupid gloves, Charlie Hoffman, stop wearing the green glove. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> Smiley Kaufman. It's better than the black glove. Yes. Better, better yeah. than the black glove. Kucher, Mark Leishman, Hall of Famer Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na, um, who once got a 16. People forget that. And we will, at some point, for fun pod topic, walk through Kevin Na's 16 shot by shot. And I might mean that literally shot by shot, depending on what night we record. Patrick Reed, Xander, Kyle Stanley from Gig Harbor, Washington. Uh, and Steve Stricker. Uh, Steve Strick. Stricker teased it up for the first time Big this season. <laughs> There you go. Um, Hardo, Big Dick Strick. Uh, Hardo Patrol for the week. Um, Billy Horschel, Ian Poulter, and Bubba Watson are the Hardos uh, in the field this week. The yeah, world just collectively like, size. Yep. Those um, three guys, I mean, and we don't have to get into it at length, but I think of the three guys, the only one of them that actually 
is aware of the fact that he's a villain and is like monetizing that would be Poulter, right? Which makes him kind of likable in the fact that he knows he's the foil, he knows he's the heel. He like we know he's going to make some ridiculous tweet that's involving a Ferrari and how much money he has and how awesome he is. The other two guys though have no idea that they're disliked. They have no idea that they are uh, just complete on the. They don't know that they're on the hard up patrol. Yeah, like Poulter, un, un, unfathomable to me that you guys think Bubba Watson is on the is on that list. Would you want to sit next to Bubba Watson, like aside from like his fame and like whatever? I if you feel just, like, like, he was like just, Bubba Watson was like a, a person yeah. who like worked like in an IT department, like or if you're on an airplane, he sits down next to you. I feel like you put the headphones on. Like not hooked up to anything. You're Excuse just like, me. I can't. Like, I, I'm sorry. I can't. This hear cups you. all ice. Like you're 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 screwing me. I just like I I as a lefty. <laughs> I would like a diet coke with light with like very yeah. little ice. Yeah. Can you pour some of that ice out? I don't think I'm getting like. And we've talked about we've talked about Bubba on a on a prior pod, but like there are a lot of reasons on his on the Bubba resume why you might like him. You know, uh, for me, lefty, but like self taught. You know. American kind of country boy, um, you know, it, it does creative shit. He hits driver off the deck. He, um, you know, adopted a child. He's a, a like a, a good family story. Like there are reasons to like him, and yet I really, really dislike him. I and and I I know that I'm not alone in that. A lot of people dislike. No, I think Bubba. when he first when he first came out, he won that Masters and went on the world tour. It was like, my God, this guy is a total home run. Well, he went to Waffle House like the night he won. Everyone's awesome. like, I love that shit. I love the Waffle House and like I would. And do then that he cried too. and he cried and then he kept crying on talk shows and like then it kind of became like, is this is he doing this for like a shtick or what? And then he and then the watch. Right, the white Torbalon three hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch that he had made, that he kept reminding people about in in interviews, and it's just a constant reminder of how awesome he is. He seems to like have to do that, and maybe that's because he just he just comes from a a, a different background than most of the players. We used to these we used to the polished guy that gives the right answers. It's a, and, it's a confidence thing, Mike. You know, his right, wife but, beats him on one on one. She's six eight. <laughs> The lead singer of the Eurythmics, she freaking, <laughs> she beats him. You know, he's got to, he's got to build Loses himself outlet. up some yeah. way. You know, yeah. He did buy, didn't he buy the car from the Dukes of Hazard, or like a replica? He, of it? he got a. It was on Faraday. He got one for himself. Yeah, he made himself a General Lee or something. I don't know if I love that move or I hate that. I actually think pretty, I like that move. Well, he's he's woke. You know, it's 2018, so we covered it up. Oh, he um, covered. Oh, right, because it had the Confederate flag. Yeah, it's on got the, the roof. stars and bars right. everywhere, and we can't be doing. But what are you doing, man? His name's Bubba. You gotta let him live it. You know, you can't hate. Like I, I, I like when the golf boys know. came out. That that was kind of funny initially, and then it got really old fast. Then it was the hovercraft. Yeah, it's like what wacky thing is Bubba Watts gonna do next? When all he really needs to do, to your point, Matt, is just like be himself, be like the actual Bubba that we like. Not this. I feel like he's trying to be the character of Bubba Watson and not like the real. He's guy. a fucking tryhard, and it's just which is what a tryhard like, is, right? By the way, like Bubba Watson's going to the Hall of Fame. Yep. That ought to be better than Goosen. Is he better than Goosen? That's the real question. (laughs) They'll be sharing. Yeah. That's insane to me. I'd spend a month in a Volkswagen Beetle with Retief Goosen before I spent an hour (laughs) in the same zip code as Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson is a. (laughs) The goose. Um, Cody live on day 23 of the the bus tour with the (laughs) Goose. That'd be great. We finally arrived in Gig Harbor, Washington. Oh my god! Just imagine when this pod is like the number one pod on iTunes. There's like Pod Save America. There's Alternate Shot. 
I'm ready for else. it. Bubba's going to be pissed when this Bubba's going to be pissed, but like, I'm not going to give a shit because me and Retief Goosen are going to be like... Chilling in the pot. Yeah, in the pot talking, talking shit about him. Yeah. Um, all right, my pick to win is Hideki. We talked about how well he's played on this course before. Um, when you have this much success in a, in a venue um, and I haven't picked you yet, you get picked. So I'm taking Hideki. Um, and we said last week, like, there's there's no part of Hideki's game that is at all limiting. I mean, he's not the best putter, but everything else is is near perfect. And he plays well here. He's got a track record here. Uh, if he wins this week, he'll be the first person since the aforementioned Steve Stricker to win a tournament three straight years at the same venue. I think there's some like weird qualifier there, but um, Stricker won the John Deere three straight years like 20 years ago. So a little bit of history going on this week. My DFL... Um, I was asked by a listener what DFL stands for, and I thought it was self-explanatory, and certainly the context clues it means someone's going to come in last. It means dead fucking last. It's just So if anyone else out there didn't get it, now you know. Um, this is becoming the most fun part of the, of the show prep it's a hard one to do. process for me. Um, so it's where I get to like kind of spread my creative wings. You know, When you introduce the show and you go, welcome back, you can picture reach your arms out as far away from your body as possible. So that's that's we your like that's details, your man. moment. My moment is DFL. So <laughs> Jesse Mueller, I believe that's how it's pronounced, is going to be DFL. So you do way too much research into this. Yeah, which I, fun, I respect though. it. It's an outlet. Um you know, I got uh anyway. The There's <laughs> got to be a bet in Vegas for this, right? There's going to be guys who have like algorithms to pick the, the, the DFL guy. It's a bet for everything. There has Probably, to be. Probably. Yeah. Um my algorithm is to look at the field photos and see who looks out of place or, or whatever. Um, and like at like some point, like, well, like, so at, like at some point, like he's Peter, got an ugly girlfriend. So at some point, he's Peter got no Mal- confidence. He's got no confidence. <laughs> yeah. So he's Pete, got a bad jawline. Peter Malnati <laughs> will at some point be my DFL because he's sponsored by MLB.com. He's wearing a light blue polo and he just looks like an umpire. So I'm like scanning quickly and I'm like, the hell? Like, Oh, 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 he's a sponsor by MLB. It's very strange. So it's Peter, you're on notice. But this week it's Jesse Mueller. He's got a face for the podcast. Jesse's photo, um, he, he's very caught off guard in the photo. It, it looks like he realized he left the oven on or the, the, <laughs> the car running or something in the photo. His eyes are like very like he, and it's not like his <laughs> eyes are just like open. They're like also off center. Like, oh yeah, shit. He he's like, something's he, up. He's like alarmed. Um, so I look the guy up, Jesse Mueller, and I don't even get a golfer. I get the... 2014 Tony Award winning female actress of the same name. So I knew then I was in good shape for That's this guy. That's how you know you're in a this good place This guy's going to DFL. DFL. So yeah. I do a little digging. He won like a sectional, the Ping Southwest PGA Championship last September. He used to play at ASU, so he'll get some, he'll get some cheers um, if the patrons know this, which they probably won't. Anyway, he's now the, currently the assistant men's golf coach at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix. Uh, the, GCU. The, the Lopes, GCU. GCU. <laughs> is the only for-profit university playing D1 athletics. Uh, and you can show your support for Jesse and other Lopes by buying a share of Grand Canyon Education, Inc. using the ticker singer L-O-P-E. It'll cost you 93 bucks. Do you think that they have a, a harder time convincing their athletes not to pay them? <laughs> like it's a for-profit university instead of... They're like, like, the whole charade of the yeah. whole... Student athlete. So they're like thing. trying to break it into like the the university will be its own thing, and then there'll be this like other like kind of textbook and online coursey thing going on. Lope coin. But like the elope coin. But yeah, they're in the whack. Like they play sports. It's a uh, it's kind of a wild thing. So um, oh, Jesse Mueller, just... you uh, 
Watch Jesse Miller, you know, come in fifth and get a hole in one and be a be a sensation. But yeah, Jesse Miller is coming in DFL. Shit, three clicks in. Just got my MBA. <laughs> <laughs> University of Phoenix. Who's laughing now, Matt? That's all it took. Yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of cheating on the LSU colors a little bit too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who are your picks? So uh, I am going with a um, uh, an ASU, uh, so another ASU grad uh, guy that's been playing great. I know it's a bit of a, a softball pick, but John Rom. I think he's playing great golf. Uh, despite this is a his duplicate pick, by the way. I picked him two Carl weeks Ron ago. Carl Rod. No, no. I just think he's playing great. I think it's a, a field that really likes the guy. And uh, I think he's going to thrive on the energy that he's going to get there. Some players, I think, don't they just don't take to it too well. I think Rom, being the young guy, so certainly one of the crowd favorites, is going to um, going to feed off that. But he's also playing great golf. Um, he has a game to win. I just I could see him I could see him running away with this thing actually. So he's my pick to win. Um, Quick, Rom, uh, John Rom, you know, new to the scene last year, wore a Pat Tillman jersey. Uh, on the 16th hole as an ASU guy. Um, very few things that you can do to endear yourself, I think, to a, a red-blooded American, uh, quite like wearing a Pat Tillman jersey. So good on you, John Rom. We like you. And, and for that reason, you're allowed to pick him uh, for a second time. And I agree, he might win. So my, uh, <laughs> my DFL pick is uh, William, a.k.a. Billy Dirt McGirt. Uh, you may remember him from... Uh, he, he rose to fame last year, uh, much I yeah, think due David to fact, Spade movie. Yeah, due to due to the fact of his last name, but um, he uh, <laughs> he um, I, I, this whole thing again, it's got to be the look. Uh, he seems like the type of guy who likes a couple of beverages post round. He uh, which I, which I think plays plays against him here at the, uh, at the at the waste management. Hangovers are a legit obstacle in this event. Ricky Fowler famously suffered from one, <laughs> and uh, it affected him in a negative way. But uh, no, I have no other reason other than he's he did. Uh, I didn't yeah. know that about yeah, about Ricky. Um, so so Billy McGirt is my uh, my DFL. I did want to bring up I did want to bring up seeing as this is uh, you know sharing the weekend with the Super Bowl, there are some interesting Vegas prop bets that are going on right now, which uh, are kind of fun. So I wanted to just get your get your guys' opinion on these. There's, there's four of them we're gonna get through here. So the first one is, uh, which will be higher? Jordan Spieth's final round total birdies or Zach Ertz total receptions? Tight end for the Eagles. Ertz won't touch the ball once <laughs> in that game. So I'm going to go, go Spieth, and I, I, I would hope that Matt agrees with me. Yeah. You'd be wrong. I, uh, Zach, oh, Nick, right. Nick Foles is going to have to beat the New England Patriots, and uh, I think basically the fourth option for any quarterback – or, uh, you know, in this case, maybe the primary option for Foles because all he'll have available to him is, is Zach Ertz. Um, I bet Ertz has, like, 10 catches. He had 75 on the season. Yeah. Um, but they'll be, like, meaningless. He'll, he'll, kinda, he'll have, like, an Owen Daniels game. Right. Like, that guy on, the, on the, um, the Ravens all those years ago. Like, oh, cool, he had, like, 10 catches for 100 yards. And, like, who gives a shit? <laughs> um, so, yeah. I actually think – I actually agree with you, Matt. I think Zach Ertz – uh, he was on my fantasy team this year, so I'm, I'm a bit partial to him. Great, but so I'm alone in this one. Awesome, yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, all right, which will be higher? You're the Wolf. Jordan Spieth's final round score or Jay Ajayi's rushing yards? I think I pronounced that correctly. 
close enough. Jay Ajayi is going to be higher. Jordan Spieth's final round score or Jay's rushing yards? Yeah, I think Ajayi runs for like 20 Ajayi, yards. sorry. I think the Patriots just ate in the box. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm with Matt on that one. I Yeah, I agree. Right, and they throw, they're bull, gonna they the throw down. bullshit to Ertz. So yeah, Ertz they're going like to make Foles yeah, throw the yeah. ball. Right, They're yep. going to expose him. All right, yep. so which will, all right, the next one's which will be higher. Phil Mickelson's final round average driving distance or Tom Brady total passing yards? I love you, Phil. And I think we would all agree, but this man, you know, he's he's got the body of a twelve-year-old girl. <laughs> he hasn't run a mile in however he's long. He's like six four. <laughs> There's if no a twelve-year-old girl is like man. a dumpy forty-eight-year-old. I mean, what, what, what will he average? Like two two fifty-eight on the drive. I mean, he hits him straight. He's a chipper. He's like an easy. I love the man. He's a great competitor, but it, come on, he's gonna three oh five at best. Tom Brady goes uh over 400 yards i, I right. think that's that's an easy call Matt? so um so i take brady but uh but a begrudging this is this is no, not an easy well, pick because i think i think well brady uh, the patriots are gonna the patriots don't run right they're gonna and the eagles have a, a very good defense in the way to to, to, to handle beat the them is, yeah. is to throw and, and they're gonna go down swinging with with him um as I think about, you know, what's a square bet, what's being put out there deliberately to mislead, um, it's hot. It's hot in Arizona. We're getting probably like five to ten extra yards out of each drive here. Uh, Phil's hometown, you know, if, uh, or, you know, pseudo hometown. I, I think he's fired up. He'll, he'll play well, um, and he'll probably be like 305 to 310 a week, right? So you're asking for Tom Brady to have like a mod. Is like, you're basically saying, is Tom Brady going to win the MVP? Um, and I'm saying yes. But it, this will be close. This will be. This is the one that I feel. Uh, well, the Ajayi one, I'm like certain of. This one, I feel like will be close. <sighs> I don't know. I think. I mean, honestly, you know, the Pats don't win unless Brady throws for over 300. So I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Tom Brady. I think Phil would. Phil Mickelson is six foot three, two hundred pounds. By the way, Dave. I mean, I've I've seen 12 year old girls that look like that. I mean, he averages 301. Like tour average, yeah. so I mean you're right. In 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 the desert, he might be getting three oh seven, three not three oh nine. I think Brady goes for three forty five and the win, right? So they're indoors. It's yeah, it's yeah. The uh, the, sti- <laughs> the stitches are out. All right, the last one is which will be higher: Phil Mickelson's final round total birdies or Rob Gronkowski total receptions? Gronk or Phil? Who you got? I'll, I think I'll go. I'll go Phil on this one. You know what I mean. I know he's got a gut that hangs well below his waistline, <laughs> over the belt. Love the man to death, but I think he's still got the feel to beat Gronk on this one. You, know? you gotta love Vegas. They always have a way of like they can match up. You're right. You're, like Vegas is so old good, dumpy man. man Phil Mickelson versus you know Gronk. It's close. I think I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Phil. I think that they're gonna shut. They're gonna double team Gronk. I realize he's a tight end. He has a blocking role. The he's just so dangerous. I think they've had a bunch of film sessions this week with just a big ass circle around Gronk, saying we cannot let this man touch the football. Uh, if they can keep the ball out of Gronk's hands, that's their chance to win the Super Bowl. I think Phil makes four or five birdies coming in. I think Gronk gets three touches, plays a distraction role, and. You know, maybe he's, breaks he's one not off a thinker. He's touchdown. definitely he's not a, he's not going to be a philosopher. He's also coming off well, a concussion protocol. Week, yeah. so, so part of this bet is yeah. baked in that he might yeah. not play. He may not play. Um, 
if Gronk plays, I don't think there's any question that Gronk has more receptions than um, we're going to definitely recap this next week. What is it? Final round, Phil? Final round, uh, total birdies for Phil versus Gronk total reception. So this also presumes, by the way, it presumes that Gronk plays. It also presumes that Phil makes the cut. Correct. So well, the bet's off if either guy doesn't play. Oh. Well, that's an important tidbit. Um, I still, <laughs> I still take Gronk. Um, we don't lose the bet or I mean, win the bet. So yeah, that's off. It pushes. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, good day, like very good day. Phil has five birdies. Love I think, it. I Love think, it. I think Gronk has more than five catches. We cool. got more prop bets on the pod. I, I like this. I agree. So let's go outside the box a little bit. So, um, for lack of a better name, I call this the spice it up discussion. So the context here, we've talked about the 16th hole, the waste management. It's super fun loud lines around the block um you know it, it's kind of a gimmicky thing like there's a lot of drinking a lot of people throwing stuff into the crowd and a lot of noise the caddies are racing the whole deal um, but it doesn't feel gimmicky it's it's an authentic organically developed thing that they do out there it's the only time that there's this raucous environment and then we kind of move on we have this very long you know uh uh, belabored season with you know majors to to draw your interest but a lot of these tournaments are all kind of the same right and i was thinking what kind of modifications could you make to the tour to spice it up and um i got a couple things i want to hit on one would be um one's an idea that i don't advocate for at all but i i think could be interesting and then i i think we should focus a little bit on playoff structure because i think the last couple playoff frankly uh playoffs frankly have been Examples of a playoff gone wrong where it was like five plus holes and people tuned out and blah, blah, blah. Too repetitive. First idea. Lay so Bones me. Bones used to get one veto per year with Phil. Phil's like, I want to do this dumb thing. And Bones is like, no. And he had one per year. Imagine one mulligan per player per tour season. One and there'd mulligan. be there'd be rules where you couldn't, it couldn't like be a putt. It couldn't be, you know. Uh, a shot out of a out of a, a trap or something. It would need to be like off a teed ball. Okay. Um, Driver mulligan. Uh, no, just like a ball that was like you had you were allowed the to open course of play. So, but yeah, fairway, yeah. tee box. Yeah, and you could like use technology to like okay, we're gonna like have you redrop right next to your divot, right? Right. Um, but you know, imagine the circumstances of of Spieth on twelve, right? Rinses right. that ball and he's like, oh shit, wheels are coming off. He goes, I'm using it. He's got one all year, and I was like, oh shit, like he's using, it, he's using it. Um, think about Phil hitting it off the, the hospitality tent at Wingfoot. Yeah. Rory. Uh, Spieth. Yeah, Rory the in the yard. Yeah. You know, Spieth hitting yeah. it into Narnia. It, it, like, at the <laughs> Open, I think that it would be interesting to see, like, when people would use it because you'd have different players, you know, some guy who's going to make, you know, trying to make the BMW championship, right? right? Might go pin hunting on, like, a really protected, protected flag. Like, this week, like, two days ago, Alex Noren in this playoff... Goes for it in two, goes in the water. Imagine if he's like, just kidding, and lays up. Right. Right. He he hit that shot to win because Day was in the rough kind of behind right, a tree, right, right. and he went for it. And any other outcome other than the water, Norin is fine. Right. And then he just goes up, oh, we're redoing this, and he lays up, and we're fine. He keeps going, and maybe Norin has his first PGA right, win. Right. I don't know. I think it would be, it's an idea that I don't think would completely disrupt like the traditionalism of the tour. I think it would, though, man. I, I, you know, you, you have these guys hitting these crazy shots where in a regular situation, that's their only lifeline is that shot. But now you bring in the factor that, oh, uh, you know, I, I have one to play with. That that totally changes the dynamic of the competition of that particular moment. I, 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 
Yeah. Or it adds a variable to it. Well, right. yeah. I mean, the, the only downside is that it does affect essentially every event because it's a rolling mulligan. It is interesting, though, if you had like a tracker on the screen where you were like, because some guys would have used them throughout the, the season, right? And so you'd have certain guys who had a little, had an extra, you know, an extra ball to kind of play with. It does change your strategy going down the, uh, down the stretch. I just think uh, the, the, the concept of a mulligan to me, it is funny. I mean, we, we, I mean, I've played matches with pals where it's like you have a roving breakfast ball, right? So the idea of the breakfast ball, of course, is exactly. the free mulligan on the first hole. But you could, you can kind of use a rolling one if you're playing. I mean, it definitely brings more of that, like, you know, Sunday with your buds kind of a, a feel to it. But I'm not sure that the PGA Tour is really the venue for it. It's definitely an interesting concept. But I think it's too much of a departure away only because, um, you know, Norin hit that shot because he was... You know, Dave, to your point, like he was going for all or nothing at that point, right? And he and he and he came up short, right? But then there's been there's other examples where guys pull that off, and it makes it even more epic as a result. If you had an extra ball in the bag, if that shot, if you do make it, becomes a little less epic. And if you, uh, you know, if you if you rinse it, um, it's less. There's less of a cost there. So, but I guess if you have one throughout the 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 whole all you know seventy two holes per event throughout the year it's a lot of golf so yeah and i don't think it would like ruin the sport right, right. i mean i think you'd have like norn uses it now and then like spieth uses it at the masters yeah. and then like and maybe you make it you know it's not allowed in the right. playoffs or something but i don't know i think my, it, it just it feels like other sports like you can challenge calls and you can um you know in, in baseball and football and in basketball they review a bunch of shit now right. and um, it just it hasn't like ruined the game at all, right. um, and it adds a, a flair of dramatic to. And maybe you even just don't allow it for the majors or like a tier one event, right? Waste management, farmers, you know, Firestone, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I think to to spice things up, you might want to do more of a, you know, a, certain events have different formats, right? So um, I think for me, the one that I've always thought would be a really fun thing to watch the pros do is the three club right where you you can pick any three clubs in your bag but then you got to go play a full-on 72 hole uh tour event and you got to keep those three clubs throughout the entire the entire event because I, I mean i've done this before with with pals or sometimes like you play a member guest something like that and they have one of these wacky you know between you know if, if it's a afternoon nine hole thing guys will do that it's fun, and I just would be. I'm fascinated to see like what clubs these guys would play, and I would be. Um, I think we'd all be amazed at the numbers that they could shoot with just three fucking clubs. I bet it'd be horrifying. They probably shoot like you know you well, you you'd probably ditch the putter right. You putt with like a wedge. I would probably say like gap wedge, maybe like a six or seven iron, and then driver. But then that middle club question is a huge one for these guys, right? Well, Kevin and I mentioned him. There's like a video. Uh, after he took the 16, he like played there the next year, and he's like, I'm gonna play the hole with a five iron. That's it. So he like lays up on this par four, you know, it's kind of punches up, and he two putts with the thing, and yeah. he gets a five, and he's like, I'm out of here. And it was like a joke, <laughs> it was a funny thing. But I think I agree. I think that'd be hilarious. I think you could do a thing where like this could be in one of those weeks where the Valero Texas opener or the, yeah. the St. Jude or some tournament that like doesn't like totally matter. If you had look the all the all the apparel companies, all excuse me, all the equipment companies, you know, TaylorMade and and Cobra mm-hmm. and, and Titleist, all that, have one of their people, and it's like you get one club, and you only play like nine holes. It's not like totally belabor the, the one point club here. Challenge. 
Yeah, and whoever goes lowest, like they win, you know, three million bucks or something. So it's like on TV and people care. Um, and then there's like five that goes to yeah. a charity or something. And I don't know, be like cool exposure for the brand. It would just be like neat to watch. The I think Cobra just, One Club Challenge would be great. Yeah, and I don't want to like over. You know, it's hard for me out of one out of one side of my mouth to be like, yeah, Shout like out to Cobra. Pe- people You're need, listening. yeah, people need to, sh- yeah, we love you, Cobra. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, you know, no one should make a sound during during golf, but also we should spice it up. Like I, I yeah, realize that that's incongruent, but if you replaced a, an event that was sort of a meh event with something like this, you could even do it like during, during the silly season, like, Oh, here's all our new equipment. Yeah. And like, here's a charity or a cause that's relevant. Right. I think you might get people to tune in to the yeah. pseudo gimmick here. Uh, and it would be fun. And I don't know. I, I think like it, these, any sort of significant modification would need to be done in a controlled setting. where like, all right, this doesn't count. Yeah. Right, there, there's no points here. There's you'd have no to whatever. get enough of the good, like like you'd have to lock three or four of the good players, like the really really good players, to like get on board with this. But then you could make it like a bragging rights thing, right? Because the problem with like the battle at the Big Horn was it was just two guys, right? So it right. was only it was only Sergio and Tiger, right? It was only I think it was like Duval and Tiger, whoever it was. It's not it's not something that everyone else can get in on. But if you had like the the Ricky Fowler Cobra One Club Challenge, right, and everybody just show up and play for some crazy amount of money i think you could get you could get social media involved you get it'd be fun and by the way i would watch the hell out of that i mean that would be so fun yeah i think there's fun little wrinkles that you can they gotta do more stuff like that i I mean they did it when you're like the the skins challenge right was always fun to watch it was totally different guys playing skins a game that we all play on the weekends right like it's who plays 72 hole round 72 holes of stroke play no one does so if to see the guy, the, the, the tour players playing some of the fun stuff we do, banging it around for fun on the weekends, it's fun, you know? And, and you, the, the one challenge is you have to find a weekend that doesn't really, you know, conflict with a legit event. But you're right. There's plenty of room in the silly season. You just got to have commitment behind it to make it worth their while so they don't get sucked up into some, you know, Dubai Desert Classic stuff, you know? So the final idea is around the playoffs. Um the playoffs in their current form, it's it's too much. They're um, they're like over an hour um, mm-hmm. or, or more. It, it's just it's a lot. Um, and and when it's an event that isn't of like total consequence, then I think people flip off and people just don't care. And I think you could probably start to cap playoff events uh, or excuse me playoffs at three or four holes, and then after that you go to some sort of you know, shootout in soccer or hockey mode where um, maybe it's gimmicky, but it's also just a measurement of ability where you have a chipping contest, you have a putting contest, the sort of thing that you would do if everyone was all square through 18, you know, at your club and you're about to go in and, and have dinner and have a few drinks. And it's like, all right, well, we're tied and we're going to settle this $20, um, settle this $20 through chipping or putting. I would like to see, so all these ideas we've been floating around have been like somewhat gimmicky. Yeah, this one I think actually has some legitimacy to it. A little bit like fixing the FedEx Cup. Like last night, they should have just played four holes and be like, "All right, all right, all right. Look, you guys have played seventy six holes, right? Like we have not determined a winner. So for the sake of mm-hmm. FedEx Cup points and for the sake of international competition points, you guys are good. You both get credit for winning this event. 
And now for the money aspect of I this. I disagree with that. Of which you both have plenty. Um, we're going to go to a chip off. And now it turns into like a $600,000 chipping contest. And I think everyone would be like, I love Holy chip shit, you got to turn that on. I like huge fan of chip. I can see the player. I can see players being like, I don't want to deal with like, oh, I missed the Ryder Cup because of like, a chip off. Yeah, we had a chip off, <laughs> and that's not reflective of you know just jump my off the bridge at that point. But like the it's world, the World Cup is decided by a shootout. That's why the PGA Tour is superior. Get the to fuck the World out Cup of here. Purist, he's a it's purist. A game of honor. It's a game of last man standing. I think you have to complete the playoff in I agree with you. The the look, you say what you want about the playoff this this past week. I thought it was great golf. These guys were going shot for shot. And it wasn't because they were just piping it down the middle and it was like they were they were hitting out of bunkers, they were missing greens, they were or it, look, it was it was a great spectacle of top tour caliber play. But they're just both really, really good players. Right. And then the sun went down and everyone went to bed and everyone right. went to and work and it. didn't watch the sixth hole of the playoff. And then you kind of just like checked right. ESPN.com at lunch. You're like, oh, yeah, like Jason Day won today. But now Jason Day is also like a day late for the waste. He's not playing, but like so Alex Norris is a day late for the waste right. management. And like no fans got to watch the playoff. And like, it, look, it's part of the part of the game. That being said, if you want to, one of the more, maybe, maybe a, a more maybe fun Maybe it shouldn't way. be part of the game. So two of the things that are a problem was one, that added to the delay was that the players had to move from, they played 18 twice and they went to 16 and then I think maybe back to 18. They had to move around the golf course. So did the fans. So while the fans are running across the hole to get to their areas, they got to wait for all that commotion to stop before they can play. So if you can keep the playoff on the same hole, I think that's a, that's a benefit. You can get more golf in, in less time, but how do you make it a little bit different, right? How do you make it not the same exact hole each time? I think would be fun is maybe you move the tee box up each time the tee the teeing ground like fifty yards each time. So in a six hole playoff, you go from hitting driver all the way to essentially you know a mid iron. But there's that one little transition point where on the 18th at at Tory, all of a sudden it's like, do I lay up or do I rip the driver and try to knock it on in one? It gets increasingly crazy, and then you have the same kind of uh, theater atmosphere where everybody's sitting there watching this thing keep going. Stakes get higher and higher and higher. It gets crazier and crazier and crazier until you're down to, to your point, Matt, like this wedge off, which was, which both guys were throwing darts. It was awesome. I think, you know, given the same, they get to, they get to know that shot really well. You can see hole outs and stuff like that. I don't know. It'd be a pretty cool option. Maybe not in the masters, right? But, or in the U S open, but but I agree. Like in, in a US, U.S. Open is a great example. If you go to a playoff in the U.S. Open, by law, by USGA regulations, it's 18 holes again the next day. There is no sudden death in the U.S. Open. Right. But laws can be changed. And I think that there is, you know, bring the tee in. I hear you. Eventually, the tee is close enough you're having a chipping contest. And yeah, you can hold it. I think the moment of the year last year was Spieth holding out, right? You basically have everyone, everyone who bought a ticket crowding around one green. Um, you kind of have this cool, like the the super yeah, like there, black yeah. and white film of like you know the the fairway like fills in. It just becomes this like amphitheater circle of people watching the final contest. Like I don't know, I th- I think there, I think there's a fatigue, especially for a non-major in the way that shootouts in hockey don't apply to the playoffs, right? I think there's a fatigue for we're on the sixth hole of the playoff and it's just like all right yeah, like, but in that way i think you're at right, the purists love the proper pl- the proper um 
you know, they hate the shootout because the shootout somehow is unfair, right? Even in soccer too, right? The, the way you finish is you play the game as the game is meant to be played. Uh, you add more time, and the winner will ultimately surface. Right, soccer is the most fan. Soccer is the most purest thing ever, and they have the away goals rule, yeah, and they have the shootout, fan, and they have like a. Right, they sometimes f- they have both. And right, as a fan, to me, soccer shootouts are kick ass, and so so are hockey shootouts. Right, I love it. Now I'm going to get criticized by the purists of both sports, but you can't argue the fact that people like watching that stuff. So if you can add that to your point, you know, maybe not in the playoffs, maybe not in a major. Um, you, you have that aspect of deciding a winner in a more exciting uh, and, and faster fashion. I mean, all the sports, every sport, uh, every major sport is contending with this time issue. It's a problem. It's a problem in baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Um, it's an issue, and, and golf is no different. I think there's a solution here. It's like the FedEx Cup. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I don't think you would have upheaval if you said, you know what? The last like three events have all have gone a combined like additional round of golf in the playoff and people are checking out and it's it's boring and people want to know who won before they go to bed or turn on the Grammys or go to Sunday dinner with their, you know, significant other or whatever they're yeah. doing with their weekend. I think it's just like, all right, we've been here a long time. We, you we can wheel out the we the played on <laughs> Thursday and Friday when no one watched they were at work. And then Saturday, maybe like half the people watched because yeah. they had to like take their kids to soccer and do other shit, right? And like now it's Sunday and like now we still don't have a winner. We're gonna do a playoff and like the playoff's gonna take an hour and a half. It's just like all right, all right, all right. Like everyone to stop. Just wheel out the glass, like big break style. Yeah. Let's just pick a let's just pick a let's who can break more panes of glass. Let's have someone <laughs> win the event. If the World Cup can end in a shootout, <laughs> then the Sony Open. Well, Augusta National is a new chairman. You should you should write him a letter. I will. I'll just talk to him at the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. Hard you and week. all the beautiful Hard people. Yeah. All right. I, I got to call in next week. You do. That's what are we right. gonna do? We'll figure it out. We'll figure. How it out. am I gonna call in from Russia? <laughs> There's an issue. <laughs> There's an issue. When are you gonna be in Russia for the World Cup? Oh, that's right. How dare you insult the World Cup? Sorry, it's 2018 Russia. There's also like the Russian, the the European tour stops in Russia, and uh, all right, got to cover it. So um, feels good having Dave back on the pod. The Waste Management Open coming up this week. Also, the Super Bowl. We'll have breakdowns of both events plus our prop bets next week when we come back. We got a lot to recap on Monday. We do. Uh, We'll figure out the phone. Figure out the phone. We'll get Dave here to sit in uh, in my place if necessary. Go Pats. I'll I'll do what I can. Thanks, guys. Pats by 14. (laughs) For the Alternate Shot Podcast, I'm Mike. I'm Matt. And I'm Dave. Thank you, guys, for tuning in, and we will see you all on Monday. See you at the parade.